0: Fantastic, it's good to be together this morning. Over the Christmas period, I've kind of been thinking and had some time to think about what themes we might bring to the church and what we might preach through this this new season. Um, and um, we've ha- I've had some of my thoughts and ideas, but before we launch into a new series, which will probably be next week, um, I just want to um, speak today about getting the foundation right, Okay, about a New Year message, about how we get our foundation of faith right, living in a living relationship with Jesus and allowing ourselves to be transformed. And that excitement of knowing Jesus again, you know that it's an exciting, alive relationship with Jesus, not one that is just sort of a bit boring and old and stuffy. One thing I'm really sure about is that we all want change. Now, I know sometimes we say change is hard and some of us get fearful when we say change because change is uncomfortable, okay? But I would like to think that none of us would put our hands up if I said this morning, who wants to become stagnant? Okay, who wants to just start to rot a bit in their, in their life and just stay still and let the rest of life kind of overtake them? Okay, maybe some of us might <laughs> for a little bit, okay, quite happy to stay still for a bit. But I think we would like to be alive and be changed and to live a life of adventure and um, dynamic life, the one that matters and has purpose rather than staying still. I don't believe that anyone really wants to resist change. I think that another problem is, is that I don't think we don't try to change. I think we do try to change. The problem is we don't keep that change up. So I said before, ask about news resolutions. I don't know if anyone's made news resolutions. Um, I've made a couple of news resolutions this year. One, to drink more water. Um, that's it. <laughs> you laugh at me. More water. And the second one, to eat more fish. Okay, um, so my two targets this year is to really get to like and love fish. I'm not a great fish eater ever since my mum gave me a fish bone when I was little and it got stuck in my throat and I had to have it removed via my nose. Um, That's kind of put me off fish. Um, But um, my aim this year is to eat more fish, to enjoy fish and to drink water. So if you see me eating lots of fish, you might know what I'm doing. But the real test is, is that will I still be doing that at Easter? Okay, that's the test. I can start doing it for a few days, but Easter comes and you kind of think, oh, it's kind of changed. I once phoned many, 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 many years ago, a health suite um, and thought, oh, maybe I'll join a health suite for the year. And I phoned in December and the lady said, we're absolutely full. Phone back in March and there'll be lots of spaces available. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, you know how it goes, don't you? You kind of think you'll do this thing and then um, you don't keep it up. We try to change, but we don't keep the change. And this morning I just want to um, have a look at one of my favourite books in the Bible, the book of James. The reason why I love James is because he tells you it as it is, and then he gives you the practical instruction on how to do it. Okay, so that's why I love James. So we're going to read from James chapter 1, starting at verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen Slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The essence of what James is talking about here is all about change. He speaks of, maybe we might not speak like this, but laying aside things that are filthy and that are wicked. And I would hope that that's our desire too, to put aside and lay aside those things that are wicked or filthy or not great in our lives. Also, we can think about in that, I think, things that aren't relevant anymore things that we hold on to that once were very relevant to us, but actually we don't need anymore in our lives. And as an aside, that's quite a healthy thing to do in the church as well, to stop and think at times, why do we do what we do? Are there things that we need to change and stop um, in order for us to move on? Things that were once really healthy and great things in the church, but now hold us back, and actually we need to let go of that in order to move on. So today we're going to um, have a look at how we can take action, how we can make some healthy changes, and how we can walk into a dynamic year ahead in our relationship with Jesus. So James tells us to rid ourselves of every filthy habit and wicked conduct. Basically, we don't want to be hanging on to anything that's wicked or worthless. We don't want to be hanging on to those things that hold us back those worthless things that we hold on to sometimes lead us into a place of harm or danger now I know I've told you this story before but it was a brilliant story so I'm going to tell you it again um, my sister Annick, sitting on the balcony in the yellow jumper just so you know um, we went to um, we went to France as a family um, several years ago and uh, it was a really piping hot day and uh, we all went for a swim in the river. And the river's beautiful, it's really peaceful, but it's quite fast flowing. It's a kayaking river, so you get the canoes going past you quite, and the kayaks going past you quite quickly. Um, and you can swim around in the river absolutely fine. So we're all swimming in the river. We've got masses of lilos, okay? So we're all on lilos, we're all jumping off big flip-flops, your lilos and french fries, lilos, and all these different things that we've got, and we're swimming around. And we look, and Anique is on her lilo floating off into the distance, okay? She's going down the river, okay? And Anique's a great swimmer. Just get off the lilo. Just get off the lilo, and you'll be fine. But she hangs on to the lilo. She hangs on to the lilo, and she keeps floating down the river, okay? And Esme and Amelie, her children, were like, Mum's floating down the river. And me and Nicole, my other sister, were like oh yeah, your mum's quite a daredevil, don't you know? She'll be fine. She'll be enjoying this. Not knowing that Anique's panicking inside, she heads off and she heads into a bit where only kayaks can go, okay? There is literally this massive water chute that is like a waterfall, okay, that kayaks zoom down to take them off into the next bit of the river. Anique we see her little head go like down this chute. She went like a rocket, right? Down this chute, holding on for dear life to this lilo. She should have just let go. She should have let go and it would have all been fine, but she didn't. She hung on to this lilo. She shot down this water chute with all the kayakers, ended up in this other part of the river and just floated off. We never saw her again that holiday. I am joking. (laughs) Uh, That was Anique, okay? Very simple story, if she'd just let go. If she'd just let go of the lilo, it would have all been fine. She could have just swum back to us and the lilo could have been gone and the drama wouldn't have happened. Sometimes we hang on to things that once were fun but are now worthless to us, that we don't need anymore. Just let it go before it takes us into a place of harm or danger. The thing I love about James is that he doesn't just tell us to lay it aside. He tells us how to do it. He tells us very practical advice about how to do it. So I'm going to look at four practical things today that I'd like us to take into this new year. Firstly, stay put. That might sound strange when I'm talking about change and moving on. But stay put. He talks about accepting the word of God that's been implanted into our hearts and in our lives and to accept it with humility, to accept the word of God. The Amplified Version of the Bible says it so beautifully. It simply says, welcome the word. Welcome the word. This year, welcome the word of God into your life. And that's our prayer. Every single time we gather, I hope that we are welcoming the word of God into our lives. That should be our mentality, that we welcome the word of God into our hearts and into our lives. When we come to church, we welcome a word from heaven, into our lives, into our situation. I want God to speak into my situation. I want God to speak into my life. That's why I'm opening up the word of God. And I hope that's our desire, that we come with expectation. Because the Bible says we have to accept the word of God and allow it to become implanted planted deep into our lives. You know, it's like that sower who goes out to sow the good seed, okay? He goes out to his allotment and he sows the seed. And it's our responsibility to be that good soil, to be the good soil to receive the word of God, not to be rocky soil, not to be weedy soil, not to allow the birds to come and eat the seed out of the soil of our lives. But I want to welcome the word of God, allow it to get planted deep into my life. Allow it to be in good soil. And enthusiasm welcomes the word of God. When we come enthusiastic to the word of God, it welcomes um, the word of God. It makes um, our spirit kind of determined. We're determined. We want the word of God to come and rest and be implanted in our lives. Why do we recognise this as important? Because we believe that the God's word into our lives is the start of change in our lives. It's the start of that transformation. And what we believe about God's word is significant to how we receive the word. You know, if I, you know, sometimes we do this and it's okay. If we, if we come to God's word and we think, oh, this is so boring and it's so dull and it's such hard work to read the word of God. Oh, do you know what I mean? I've got to do it because I'm told to do it. And so I'll read some verses and see what happens. Then it's kind of how we receive it, isn't it? How we receive it is hard work, it's a challenge, it's difficult. If we come to God's word and we think this is God's word into my life, it's alive. It helps me build and grow in my relationship with God. God wants to speak to me through his word. I want to grow in his word. Then we come with that and we receive God's word with that kind of heart and expectation that what we read is going to change us. What we read is going to be a word from heaven, a word from God himself into my life. I come excited to read the word of God. I come excited to hear the word of God. And what's so exciting about this connection between the implanted word and humility is that if we come with the two things, then we come with that combination. It sets us up for God to speak to us because God convicts us and we're in that place of humility that says, yes, God, I need to change yes, God, I want to change. I want to listen to your word, and I want to change. God reveals to us what needs to go, what's wrong in our lives. We live in a confusing world. It's really confusing. We have so many different thought processes and people giving us ideas and things pulling us different ways. It's very difficult. Then we come to church, we gather together and we open God's word and we look at God's word and it's preached and the seed is sown into our lives and we welcome it and we say, God, highlight anything in my life. Highlight anything in my life that needs to change or needs to go. And God says, that's it. That's the spot. That's the relationship. That's the way you speak. That's what you, the way you act in the workplace. Those thoughts, that entertainment that you watch. And, and God says, that's it. That's what I want you to change. That's the spot. That's it right there. That's what I'm saying from heaven this morning. That's the thing that needs to change. And when we have a kind of heart that has that humility that says, I'm receiving that word, God. I know it's not great. I come and I recognise that conviction within me. I want to lay it aside. I want to give my all to you. What we're welcoming is God's strength and God's encouragement and God's spirit into our lives. We're welcoming his guidance. We're welcoming his wisdom. We're welcoming the plans that he has for us. We're welcoming his strength, his love, his grace. We're welcoming all those good things into our lives when we say, God, I recognise it and I want to set it aside. And if I'm honest, I think sometimes the problem is is that we're a bit sporadic with the word of God. We're a bit sporadic with it. You know, we're only dipping in and out here and there. We just have a little bit of the word of God and then we don't really fancy Wednesday gathering, So we won't go this week. We fancy watching that on TV. So we won't go there. We're just dipping in and out. We're just not allowing God to keep speaking into that situation, to keep highlighting things in our life. And that's why I say we've got to stay put. We've got to stay put. We've got to stay put in the word of God. We've got to stand firm in the word of God, knowing where God can speak to us and challenge us and change our situation. We've got to stay put without any movement. And throughout the week, there are stay put moments that we can allow God to speak to us and hit the spot. You know, if we're not accepting the word of God and we're not allowing it to become planted into our lives, then we're not going to grow strong We need to grow strong and mature. Otherwise, we just keep up rooting and keep up rooting and keep up rooting. We keep up rooting all the time rather than growing strong. That's why we need to stay put in our daily devotions. I know it's a discipline and it's hard. I know it's hard work. I'm not saying it's easy. But we need to allow the word of God to speak to us every day. And if you don't know where to start, come and see us. That would be my joy to give you some devotions that you can do daily to allow the Word of God just to speak to you every day. When we meet together weekly, when we gather together in our gatherings, when we meet in our small groups, we meet with people who will encourage us on, who somehow just blur out the other voices that surround us and spur us on in the Word of God. Stay put in your groups Grow and go to places where you will hear the word consistently. We will hear the words consistently so that that seed grows strong. Stay put, stay put in the word of God. Secondly, hearing is not enough. Simply hearing is not enough. We've got to put into practice. James told us very straight do not be hearers of the word, but also be doers of the word he put it very straight stay put and put into practice okay put it into practice so we find a place where we can hear it where we can hear the word of God but it's no good if we just walk out and don't do anything about what we hear or what we read on our own privately that's why hearing and hearing consistently isn't just the end of the story It's not just about hearing. We've got to act and put it into practice. We need to act instantly. We need to act when God shows us something. We have to have the mentality that when God highlights some area of our life, when he puts his finger on that spot, when we hear something from God, that we say, actually, God, I'm not going to leave it till next week or next month or even tomorrow. I'm going to do something about it right now. I'm going to, I've heard your word. I've heard the challenge, and now I'm going to do something about it. When he speaks about some part of our relationship, or how we behave, or how we speak, or how we act in the the office, or if God says to you, you need to go make a coffee for that person, because you've been holding something against them, act now. Don't leave it. Act right now. There'll always be some reason to put something off until tomorrow, but all I can say is act now. Do what God is asking you to do. If it's giving, give. You know, if it's thinking about gossiping, turn your back, you know, do all these different things. Just act right now. The time to do it is right now. Today is the time to respond to God's voice. If God is speaking to you, respond today not tomorrow, not next week, respond today. If God is saying to you to delete that app, to change that subscription to, I don't know, whatever it is he's speaking you to do, because it's something that is wicked, something that's worthless, something that's just not helping you grow in your relationship with him. If God has highlighted it, do it, because God himself is fighting for your future. He has good plans for you, and he wants you to prosper, but he's showing this to you so that you can prosper okay? He's doing it for you because he wants you to prosper. He doesn't say that these things are bad because he wants to spoil our fun or doesn't want us to have a good time. He says it because it's harmful and it's hurtful to us. I wouldn't say to Anik, jump off that lilo, because I wouldn't want her to have fun floating around on the lilo. I'm saying to her, jump off that lilo and let go because you're going to go down a dangerous chute in a moment, okay? Let go, That's what God, that's the reason he says it to us too. And this may sound like a bit of an interesting statement, this next statement, but the Bible can't change your life. Ooh, okay. The Bible can't change your life. The Bible is, as James says, is a mirror. The Bible is a mirror. And as the passage says, a mirror can do some things, but there's other things that it can't do. A mirror reveals, a mirror shows us things. But a mirror doesn't fix it. A mirror doesn't fix stuff. And I could shed so many tears over a very common thought process that goes something like this. I listened to a sermon. I was in worship. But I left. I going to leave the church because I'm not really feeling it. And I'm not really feeling like I'm being fed. Okay? We hear that time and time again in so many different churches. And that way of thinking is because you're just listening and you're expecting somehow the changes to happen like that as you're listening. You're just listening. But that's just taking on um, information. A mirror can tell me I've got something in my teeth. I can look in the mirror and say I've got a blooming great big piece of broccoli in my teeth. But the mirror can't take it out of my teeth. The mirror can say to me, your tummy is wider than it was on the 1st of December. Or the mirror can say to me, your hair needs a bit of, yeah, sorted out. But the mirror can't make me lose weight. And the mirror can't do my hair for me. Only I can do those things. Only I can get the bit of broccoli out. Only I can sort my hair out. God's word is a mirror. It reveals to us. It shows us the thing That needs to change. But somehow, just by listening, we expect our tummy to shrink in size or that bit of broccoli just to fall out. But we actually have to do something. It's an act of obedience. We have to find that determination and that obedience to do something about it. There's a well-known passage in the Bible where Jesus talks about two people building a house. We know this well. You know, one man and the wise man builds his house on the rock, and the the foolish man builds his house on the sand, and when the storm comes, the house on the sand goes collapse and falls down, and the house on the rock stands firm. Now, I was always taught as a child... Um, that the person who hears um, God's word is the one who built his house upon the rock and he's got a strong foundation and um, when the storms of life hit, then um, that's why his house stood firm. But that's not what the passage says in Matthew chapter seven. The passage says, everyone who hears these words of mine and then does them, and then does them is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Hearing God's word, it's great to hear it, but to build the rock under our feet, we need to do God's word. We need to do what he's calling us to do. It's when you put God's word into practice in your marriage. It's when you put God's word into practice in your job, with your money, with your time. It's when we put God's word into practice in these areas of our lives that we're building our lives on really solid firm foundation on rock. It's putting into practice that gives us that stability when the storms and the crisis come. That's when the house stands firm. When we come to church, my hope is that we should receive and welcome God's word into our hearts. We should welcome God's word. He hits the spot. And as we act instantly, that transformation happens. The transformation happens and we build our lives on solid rock. And when you come week by week and God says, That's what I want you to change. And we go, No, 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 no. That's not what I want to change. No, no, no. That's not what. That's not it. I came, God, for this problem. I came because I wanted help with my budgeting. And God says, I want to help you with your greed. You know, sometimes God highlights something that is different to what we want. I wonder sometimes if you do the same as me. You sit in church and you hear a sermon and you think, I wish they were here to hear that. They really needed to hear that sermon today. Do you ever do that? You think, oh, that's really for that person, that sermon, that message. They need to hear that. And what we do is we cut ourselves off from our the the Holy Spirit convicting and speaking into our own lives we're just taking on the information of what's being told us but we're not allowing the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our own lives we're looking at what's relevant for others and actually we're just receiving information information and information and we become immune we become immune to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives convicting us and challenging us and speaking into those areas that we, that we really need challenging on. And you might say, I'm a walking concordance. I know the entire Bible. I know all the verses of the Bible. In fact, I can tell you them in Greek. I know everything. I know the whole Bible. I've been studying it for years and you're a beast in the spiritual life. You have been fed so much and you've received so much. But unless we're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into us and convict us, and allowing the word of God really to change us and challenge us, then really it's nothing more than just information. We need the Holy Spirit conviction as we read the word of God. I can tell you all about being a great grandparent, but I'm not willing to love my children. like I've got no time for my children. I can tell you all about generosity, but I'm not going to give anything to the church or to anyone else. I'm going to save it all up for myself. I can tell you exactly how to run the church, but I know nothing about the grace of God. You know, we need the Holy Spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit needs to just fill us again and to convict us and allow us to change and be transformed. I'm deceiving myself because my actions don't follow the information that I've been fed with. I'm just deceiving myself because I'm becoming fat on just information. So every time I hear the word of God... We need to pray that it speaks to us, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, that we receive the word of God with humility and that we're willing to change. So stay put, put into practice. Those are the first two. Stand up and have a little wiggle so you don't fall asleep. And then I'll just, very quickly, the next lot are quicker. Stand up, have a wiggle. Go on. There you go. Right next two are much quicker. Sit down again. There you go. (laughs) I know we all need a little shakeout sometimes. I do too. Okay. Stay put, put into practice. So many of the problems that we make in our lives that cause us um, to need to change come out of our mouth. Okay. That's one thing that James speaks a lot about. And my point number three is basically put a lid on it. Okay put a lid on it. okay? Um, that's what James says. That's why he says so many times in this book, he talks about the tongue and addressing our speech. The most famous is when he says, be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry. Okay. Often we just lead with our tongue, don't we? And everything comes out. Our anger, everything, it's not great stuff comes out and we rush in instead of listening. We listen last of all. And that's not what God wants. We have to speak carefully. Speak carefully. Speak carefully. That's what God says about using our tongues. Our tongues are very, very powerful. Very, very powerful little things. I'm sure many of us can remember things that have been said to us right back from childhood. Things that have hurt us said by people's tongues. They're powerful and we need to use them right and we need to speak carefully. You know, the best thing is it's not easy to say something that you regret if you say nothing at all. Okay, sometimes we need to just say nothing at all. When a lot of words come out of our mouth, the chances are we're going to say something um, that we wish we'd never said. I know a lot about this because it may surprise you, I'm a talker, okay, I'm a chatter, and there's many times that I've sat up at night in bed and thought, why did I say that? Wish that I could just rewind like a tape and take it all back in, and I wish that I had never said that thing. There has never been one moment in my life when I've sat up in bed and thought to myself, I... Wish I hadn't listened so much to that person. I've always appreciated listening to people. That's what we need to do. We need to listen more. If we would just speak carefully and sometimes just put a lid on it, and if we do listen carefully, then it allows us to take the time with our words to speak more carefully, to not rush in. And when we do speak... Let's choose to speak encouragement. Let's choose to praise people. Let's choose to give compliments. Let's choose to be encouragers. Let's choose to be people who build one another up. Let's delight in other people's joys. You know, that can be hard to do sometimes. Delight in other people's joys. Let's choose to build one another up. Our speech is so important. So thirdly, put a lid on it. Finally... James says, if you want to see change happen in your life, what you have to do is live a life where you're putting yourself out there. Now, that's not dating advice for 2024, okay? But put yourself out there. You've got to get out there, okay? You've got to get out there. And you've got to put yourself out there for God to use. Don't be someone who just walks around talking about God, talking about how great he is. Listen to what God says is the most important thing to him. Taking care of the orphans and widows. That's what James says. Take care of the homeless. Take care of the loveless. Take care of those who are in need. And you might say, well, who do I take care of? Who do I take care of? Who do I start with? Who are the homeless? Who are the loveless? I don't meet anyone who's homeless. I don't meet the loveless. I don't meet any orphans in our heads how we think about it. Just look around and serve all of the above. (laughs) Serve everyone. You know, we have so many children who we wouldn't say were orphans, but who are desperate to know that they're loved And they're special. They need to know that they have a hope and a future. We have so many people struggling with family relationships. We have, who come to our church each week, people who have no physical home to live in. We have people desperately in need of God's love. If someone's homeless, take care of them. If someone's loveless, encourage them. Speak words of encouragement into their life. Be generous to them. Do the same for the widows and the orphans. Be nice. Be kind to people. Be kind to people. Take people in. If you want change in your life, be part of changing someone else's life. Changing someone else's life brings change in our own lives. The real way to change the world, James says, is to change people who are hurting around us. To change people's lives if you want some change in yourself or in the world be the change we hear it a lot but we need to be that change and here's why because as the love of God flows through you into those around you it always blesses you it always blesses you I can't tell you how much I've grown in my faith through serving people because when I see the grace of God in others lives I think goodness me that's the grace of God in my life when I see people without, I just think, God, it doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter about my material stuff, whether I own a house or a car or whatever. It doesn't matter, God. Thank you that I'm here, that I'm standing up, that I have the privilege of living in these surroundings. The rest doesn't really matter. You know, it opens our eyes to see our own situation, and it changes us. God says, go and find someone who's worse off than you. Believe it or not, there are people Worse off than you in the world today. Find someone and encourage them, build them up. How about you get together with some friends? How about we get together and we make a difference in our community somewhere to bring transformation? Make a difference in our island. How about rising up with radical generosity? You know, I heard about a great church who decided they're not going to go on holiday. No one was going on holiday that year. They were going to give all the money they were going to spend on holiday to mission. (laughs) Next week. no. (laughs) Um, What a radical way of generosity. Just one year. Just one year, God, I'm going to give to you. We need to think more radically. Radically changing the people around us with the love of God. Because as the love of God flows through us to others, it always blesses us. It always blesses us. I just remember, I just, I'm going to go off piece, but I'm looking at Jan, and Jan reminded me of a story. No, I'm not going to get you up, don't worry. You're shrinking down there. Um, and Jan reminded me of a story. Last Christmas, we were out on the Christmas van, and we were just giving out tea and coffee. And as we were just giving it out, and this guy came up in his 20s-ish I don't know, not great at that. He came up and uh, he said to me and Jan, thank you so much for the coffee. And um, left, didn't think any more of it. And he went off, came back, and he brought me and Jan Hotel Chocolat chocolates um, to say thank you for what we had given to him that day. You're blessed. We just gave a tea and coffee. And the love of God just blesses you back. That will just stay with me. You get so blessed. So what am I really trying to say this morning? What am I trying to say is that this year... This year, I think that God is calling us to hear consistently, to get more into our Bibles, get more into the Word of God, to hear consistently, to act instantly, to act instantly, to speak carefully, and to serve constantly, to serve constantly, serve constantly. When we see a need, let's try and meet it. Let's meet it. When God puts his finger on a spot, let's change it. And as we're willing to do those four things, I believe this is what we're going to find. We're going to find that we have the power, God's power, to keep us, as verse 27 says, from being polluted by the world around us. That's what it says in verse 27. And one of the things that really struck me, and we'll have a little look at it tonight as well, in my devotions this week, was this question. And I've been thinking about it all week. Am I missing the creativity of a new beauty because I am constrained by my safe boundaries of the normal ways I expect God to be at work? Am I missing the creative ways that God is at work because I'm expecting him to work in those normal ways? I think I probably am. When we start listening consistently, responding to the Holy Spirit and serving constantly, loving God and loving others, I believe we will be amazed by the beauty of God's creativity of working in lives around us and in our own lives. I believe we'll be amazed at God at work. We'll see God at work in ways that we don't understand that we can't necessarily put into a box and say, this is what God is doing, but we will be amazed at his awesomeness, amazed at what he is doing. So today, what do we need to do today? Today, I believe that God is asking us to commit to a life of worship that lets God's power and life to work through us, to transform us and to live it out in a world that so desperately needs Jesus.